Welcome to Church History. I'm your host, Lauralee Siemens. This is our summer season. I'm telling the stories of our great hymns. This podcast tells the story of the church in chronological order. We started with the story of Jesus and we have traveled through history into the 1800s. For this summer, we're going to tell the story of the church in chronological order through our great hymns. So, enjoy this summer season. Welcome back to our show. I'm your host, Loralee Siemens. Today, we're going to be telling the story behind one of the greatest hymns ever written. Holy, holy, holy. The writer of this hymn is Reginald Herber. Reginald was born in Cheshire, England in the year 1783. His father was a lord of the manor of Matron under Queen Elizabeth I. And so young Reginald was born into the lap of luxury. He had everything he could ask for. He learned how to read at a very young age. By the time he was only five years old, he was reading the Bible for himself. He was such a bright boy and had an incredible memory. He could memorize large passages of the Bible, and people would read a passage of the Bible, and he could tell them where it was found. When Reginald was eight years old, he headed off to school. He was so smart that within a few years, he was accepted at the Bristol School. This was a very exclusive school, where the young boys who attended were groomed to be the most elite of society. These were the future lords of England. Reginald rose above the other groups of boys at this school. He was gifted in every way. He was extremely smart, and he also had a personality that attracted others to him. He was popular and smart, and this is where he met his best friend, John Thornton. John and Reginald would remain best friends for his entire life. Imagine you are in a large auditorium in England. As you look around at the grand building, you know you are in a place of great importance. Sitting around you are the most elite men and women of England, lords and ladies sitting properly, watching as their sons all walk in and sit near the front. It is the awards ceremony where the brightest boys are awarded for their work. The science and math awards are given out, and then comes the writing awards. First, the awards for the best Latin writer. The winner, Reginald Herber. Then the award for the best English writer, the winner, Reginald Herber. And then the award for the best overall writer, Reginald Herber. When John and Reginald finished school, they went on to different colleges, but they remained friends. They made a plan that once they graduated with their degrees, they would take a trip through Europe. But as they finished up their schooling, Napoleon was at war with Europe. So their trip was postponed, and when they eventually took their trip, they had to skip the parts they had planned on seeing. It wasn't safe to travel through France or Italy. However, the new route took the men through Sweden, Norway, Finland, and Russia. The trip was life-changing for both of the young men. They went skiing for the first time, met Muslims, and even stayed in a Muslim town during Ramadan. They also saw how the large crowds that would gather at the mosque and both men thought that if the churches in England 
had attendance in the way this country had attendance, then maybe England would be in a better place. Returning home, the young men were ready to begin life as adult men. Reginald was a gifted speaker and writer, and at first he thought about going into politics. But Reginald had never lost his love for the Bible that he had as a young child. So Reginald took a position as a deacon, and then a full priest at the Church of Oxford. He officially took charge of the church May 24, 1807. For the first two years, he served alone. But then he met and fell in love with a young woman named Amelia. She also came from a very well-respected family. Before she would marry Reginald, she told him she must have a proper home, where a proper lady could raise a proper family. So he tore down the house he was living in and built a new one that would meet the expectations of Amelia. Amelia and Reginald were very well respected by everyone. Reginald would be invited to speak in the most elite circles, giving lectures to lords and ladies. But he would also visit the poorest in the town and help them with their needs, never telling anybody about it. He would visit the sick and sit at the bedside of those who were dying from diseases, often risking his own life. Through all of this, he never stopped writing, especially poetry. It was his very favorite type of writing. Then, in 1818, Amelia and Reginald welcomed their first daughter. They were so happy, the perfect little family. Everyone loved them. But as the winter came that year, life changed. The family was preparing for Christmas. This was an important time of the year for the church. As Reginald was preparing and excited as this was his first Christmas as a father, his daughter became ill. And suddenly, Christmas Eve in the year 1818, their little baby died. The couple's perfect little life was shattered, but the couple never lost their faith in God. Reginald continued to write, and in his grief he wrote poems to God. These became hymns. He wanted to sing these hymns in his church. However, the Anglican church where he was working did not allow singing in the church. Singing was not considered proper. The few churches that did allow singing only sang psalms that were set to music. It was during this time that Reginald heard of the work being done by the Wesley brothers and John Newton. The people in Reginald's circle looked down on these men. Their churches were often held in open fields, and they were attended by people who couldn't afford pew prices. At this point in time, people had to pay for the pew that they sat in in their church. The closer to the front, the more expensive the pew. So those at the front of the church were the most important people in town. And the farther back you sat, the least important you were. But the Wesley brothers and John Newton were ministering to people who could not even enter the church. And when they did have churches, the Wesley brothers did not require pew payments. These churches were full of singing. And when Reginald visited them, he loved them. He was a great admirer of the Wesley brothers and of John Newton. So he sent them his hymns, and they began to sing his hymns at their meetings. Reginald loved church, he loved preaching, and he loved writing. But he wondered if there was more, more that could be done for the work of Jesus Christ. Then Reginald and Amelia found out they were pregnant again. Once again, they had a little girl. A year after the birth of their daughter, Reginald was invited to move to India to become the Bishop of Calcutta. He would be in charge of the Anglican churches in India, Australia, and the southern parts of Africa. 
This was a very large and important position. Reginald, Amelia, and their tiny baby daughter headed to Calcutta to begin work there. Once in Calcutta, Reginald saw something disturbing. All the deacons and priests were Englishmen. He saw great men of God in India who would come to Christ, but none were being appointed to work in the church. So, Reginald appointed the first deacon from India. This was shocking for the church, but the people of India were so happy to see this. And this was the first of many appointments. And Reginald made it his plan to have all the churches in Calcutta run by the locals. Soon after arriving in Calcutta, Amelia gave birth again, and they had another daughter. Reginald and Amelia were now living in Calcutta, raising two little girls. And they were both very happy. They believed they were exactly where God wanted them to be. Reginald was very angry by what he saw with the East India Company. He saw firsthand how the company treated the people in India. They were mean and bullied the people, treating them unfairly, with no way for the local people to find justice. Reginald wrote letters and essays back to the people in England, telling them what he saw and calling for justice to be done to the authorities who were being unfair. Reginald also traveled throughout India, and he learned of the caste system. This was very upsetting, and he saw how people were treated in the lower caste. He knew the only answer was to bring Jesus Christ to the people. It was April the 1st, 1826. Reginald and Amelia had been in India for three years. Reginald had spent a lot of time prepping for the Easter service and the Trinity Sunday service. That would come one week after Pentecost. For the Trinity service, Reginald wanted to write something special. He was reading Revelation chapter 4, verse 8. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they would never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. That is when Reginald sat down to write the words to the poem that would become his most famous piece of poetry. His sermon would be on Trinity Sunday, and it would talk about the holiness of the Trinity. God the Father is holy, Jesus the Son is holy, and the Spirit is holy. God is holy, holy, holy. And the worship of God is to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was, and is, and is to come. He wrote his sermon and the words to his new hymn for the Trinity Sunday service. However, he would never hear it read or sung. That Easter service was a powerful service. Easter Sunday, March 26, 1826, more than 1,300 men, women, and children came to hear Reginald preach his Sunday Easter service. He was 41 years old, a husband, and a father of two little girls. He was respected by the wealthiest people in England and loved by the poorest people in India. He was learning the language of the people there, and he knew he was exactly where God wanted him to be. That Sunday, many people came to Christ, and on April the 1st, he had a baptism service where 42 people were baptized. Then, April the 3rd, he preached again to a large crowd. He gave part of his sermon in their own language. He preached for hours in the hot sun. As the day came to a close, he was exhausted and extremely overheated. 
He went home, filled his bath with ice water, hoping the cold water would relieve him. He was so overheated. However, the cold bath shocked his system, and he died in the water. The church was in shock. His family was in shock. They buried him inside the church at the altar. When Amelia returned to their home after the funeral, she found her husband's sermon and poem. She sent the poem to be published. However, it took 30 years before his poem was made to music and sung in church. A man named John Buckus Dykes found the poem and write the music to the poem. It took him just 30 minutes to write the music. In 1861, it was published and sung in church. Alfred Lord Tennyson said it's the greatest hymn that was ever written, and it quickly became one of the most famous songs of church. After his death, Reginald's lifelong friend John Thornton made sure that his family was always taken care of. Years later, Reginald's youngest daughter married the son of John Thornton. Most people today have never heard of Reginald Herbert, yet everyone has sung the song, Holy, Holy, Holy. He was a man who was exceptionally wealthy, exceptionally smart, and a charismatic personality that drew a crowd. He would have been successful no matter what field he went into, but he chose to be a man who proclaimed the glory of God. Today we're going to hear the song, Holy, 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 sung by Reawakened Hymns. This is a great resource for anyone looking for music to use in their ministry, and I highly, highly recommend his music. Take a listen, and then check out the links in the show notes to learn more. <laughs> 